Hello, and welcome to What's on Your Face, a podcast about pop culture, beauty, and all fun things on the internet from two beauty insiders. I'm Shade. And I'm MJ. Welcome. Hello. Hello. We're doing some fun stuff today. A special episode. It is a special episode. It's, uh, who, who is we? What, what are we? Who, what, why? Who, who what, is why? we? Who, who is Shade and who is MJ? It's going to be a fun little episode where we kind of go over who we are, why we're doing this, our obsession with beauty, and how the F we got to this place where we're like, let's make a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. So I'll, I'll go first, MJ, and ask you, uh, what was the first beauty product you tried on? The first beauty product I tried on was... Let me think. It was a Clinique. It was a stubby Clinique eyeliner. And it was a purpley brown, maybe with a little bit of shimmer. On the other end, there was like a sponge smudger. And I got it from my mom's beauty cabinet. I shouldn't say beauty cabinet because it wasn't like she had lots of beauty products, but she probably got this GWP um, (laughs) from the Clinique counter at Lord & Taylor probably in um, Westfield, New Jersey or there something like that. <laughs> and Jersey. Yes, because she didn't really buy products. So I just took this one thing I found in her bathroom and I took it to school with me. And then I like haphazardly... You stole it. Let's stop there. You stole it's it. It's my mom. It's, it's not... I mean, fine. Because <laughs> in Chinese culture, it's like I feel a little bit of shame if <gasps> I get really gussied up and then walk out of the house. My parents uh-huh. would be like, where do you think you're going? I'll be like, to school <laughs> as like a seventh grader. Oh, so I went to school with this Clinique pencil, eye pencil, and I smudged it all over my eyes, like in a, along the lash line. And then I walked out of the bathroom and I think immediately people were commenting like, oh, you look good today. Like, oh, did you do something different? Like they weren't sure what it was, yeah. but it was like something changed. And I was like, whoa. Okay. This is me. Yes. Was it like Avril Lavigne? Was it like that much smudge? No, it was <laughs> very subtle. I was scared, so I went light. Okay. Um, but I, I think with all Asian or most Asian eyes, it's like if you put a little bit of eyeliner, like even on the waterline, it's it like, changes, oh, yeah. yeah totally it's changes. It's change. So that was my first product. What was yours? My first product... So I did a lot of dancing as a kid. I did tap jazz and ballet. So I would have been wearing eyeliner and lipstick for a lot of my recitals, but like I wouldn't have known like the brand or anything like that. But re- was it like stage makeup? Like did you have the cheeks <clears throat> and the eyes and the glitter and the hay and the um, jazz hands? A little bit. I think like we did dance for a good chunk of time, but we didn't get to like, this is the big show, put on the hairspray. Like it wasn't that intense, like that one, like dance moms, but we definitely were like, we had recitals and like every Saturday morning, it was like a thing, like going to like dance practice. Um, But yeah, so not too intense with like stage makeup, but like my first real, I'm going to like buy this and like get into it was probably, I bought an Aveeno cleanser and I got one of those tiny little uh, pixie glow tonics from Target. That's so sophisticated. But I thought- How old were you? um, I probably would have been maybe like 12. Okay. Yeah. And I think the thing about it was, was that 
Target and Pixie had Target or no. Target had Pixie mm-hmm. in the stores. And I remember Pixie just being like cute and pink and green and being like, ooh. And so every time we go to the store, I'd be like, ooh, I really want this. And so that was like my first little like. Wow. Pixie is OG then if it was in Target back yeah, in your day. Pixie I mean, is our what, day. 20, 20 something years old. So yeah, it would have mm. been, it was, it, she was a big girl, you know, a little girl back then, but now she's a an adult. So you had the glow tonic at yeah. 12 years old. Yeah. And and then Vaseline. For what? I just like I used Vaseline on my face like that was like my On your skin? Yeah. You ask ask five black people. Three will say I use Vaseline like on my face. It's like a thing. Like before you go wait, talk me through. Before you go to sleep or Before you go to sleep, before you go to school. You just, and you're not, you're not putting a lot, like you just put a little bit and you just like put it like, like after you wash your face, you put it like on your, your nose (gasps) and the cracks so that it doesn't get too dry. You put a little bit on your forehead, you smooth it around, but it just kind of gives you like, it moisturizes your face and then it just kind of gives you like a glow and you're just, you're, you're set. I feel like that is now a trend. Where people are slugging, where people are like putting a lot of it on, but like that's, like after years and years of Vaseline getting a bad rap, it's like finally Coming the TikTok back. community is reviving it. Yeah, I was definitely like a like that was on my I don't even wouldn't even call it a vanity. But that was on my dresser drawer. Hmm. It was yeah, and I kept my Aveeno in my room because I shared a bathroom with my sister, so I was like, this is mine. So I would take it to my room after I left the bathroom with my glow tonic and Vaseline, a little jar of Vaseline. That is so grown That's up. My first beauty product. Um so MJ, what is your what was your relationship with beauty? Hmm. This is a complicated one. So as I mentioned, um, my mother was not really into beauty. Mm. And so me growing up when I moved to the US and I grew up with MTV and, you know, going to school with girls with their hair in curls and lip gloss on and glitter and Mm. wearing their Abercrombie and Fitch or whatever. (laughs) You sound a little bitter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was. I mean, I, like my parents didn't have a lot of money when we moved to the U.S. And so I would see these girls with like all decked out in their, like, you know how it was back in the day with their little coach bags and their, everything was so branded. Like, and and little girls can be so vicious. And mean, yeah. And at such a young age, it was like have, have not, it was very vicious. And so I kind of always found beauty along with other things like fashion and whatnot to be quite unattainable, Mm. like a bit elusive. Like I didn't really know what it was or what it was for, but I could see it on other people. And mom was like, what was that? What are they wearing? (laughs) Why are they wearing that? Um, But I think one of my earliest memories was going to prom in high school. Mm. And I think I was 16 at my first prom and I like begged my mom to make me an appointment at some beauty counter. I don't even remember which one. It could have been Bobbi Brown. It could have been one of the uh, department store brands. And I go and I get it done. And then I'm like, I don't have any money to buy any of your products, but Aww. thanks. And then I just walked out with like my springy, boingy curls and <laughs> I went off to prom. Um, so that was that. Basically a lack of 
of funds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you're a teenager, like where the F do you get money? It's like your parents, your, your parents. Right. But like, I guess with my parents, they didn't see a need to give a 14 year old money, like too much pocket money. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, but I was always like lusting after, I remember there was this like gap grapefruit scent or no, the Calgon. Do you remember the Calgon yeah. body mist? There was this one. <laughs> oh my gosh. There was this one. It was called Hawaiian ginger. Ooh. I feel like it was in the fifth grade or something when I smelled it on someone and I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and the name is Calgon. I don't even know right. where you would buy. Like, do you, did you buy it at CVS? Like Walmart? I mean, I just I just looked it up. You can get it at Walmart, babe. If you're still hankering, okay. It's, so that's it's where four dollars and thirty five cents on Walmart.com. If that's you're still where interested. like <laughs> that's where Jessica was buying it from with oh, her like her Ugg boots and stuff. Um, so it was always like in the periphery, mm. you know, beauty. And then whatever my parents or whatever my mom would buy a product from the department stores, like she she often bought from Shiseido, Clinique, mm. sometimes Lancome, but maybe not till like much later. Um, you know, maybe the Clinique three-in-one step, like three-step bar and toner and moisturizer that was really popular back then. And then they, it would always come with GWPs. So I think... During that those teenage years, my beauty collection was whatever GWPs I could steal from my mom's there bathroom. There it is. I agree. I was that kid too. Right? I was that kid for sure. That makes like so for me, it was always fragrance. My mom was like my mom used to wear uh, Christian Dior's Poison. <gasps> Whoa! Yeah, that Whoa. was her Whoa. fragrance. Yeah, <laughs> so I remember. Like me, my sister used to sing this weird song because there was like the, there was commercials for, for it, and my sister used to sing about like the poison or whatever. So my mom would always go to department stores and she would buy you know fragrances, and then they would give her like little vials of GWPs, mm. and so I would take those, and those would be like my like my little I'd like like line them up on my little dresser drawer. Um, but I think my my first real obsession with beauty would have been in fragrance. Mm. Um, and I always loved really sweet smelling stuff. I, I was the girl who every semi-annual sale at Victoria's Secret, I was like, I need to go get Love Spell. Oh I God. need to go get Passion, oh whatever. I need to go get Amber Romance, all of that. You remember those? Like, it's really taking me back right now right? on like a ride. <laughs> that was like where I, that love was where I lived. Love Spell. Oh my gosh. Let's get it. Let's we go. should. It's, <laughs> it's, still, right it's still, it's still a hit in my opinion. A hundred percent. But my first real like fragrance, I think it was like an EDP. I can't remember um, if it was an EP or EDT, but was I begged my mom for Vera Wang Princess. Wow. And that was like my first like big girl, like beauty kind of, I mean, I expensive. At what age? I would have been maybe 17. But, is, but isn't this the age when you were into like corn and slipknot? No, I was into porn and <laughs> Slipknot and Blink-182 from the ages of 13 to, like, 15. And then you were like, now I'm a very wang princess uh, girl. Now I'm a very wang princess girl. And I, I was like, I remember it was my, I turned 17 that Christmas. My mom got it, gave it to me for Christmas, and I was so excited. I remember spraying it on, like, on my outfit. I had, like, a, you know, a BB tube top. 
because, you know, BB tube tops. These are two conflicting things. <laughs> I can't really put them together. And I remember going to the club underage and being like, I'm here in my princess outfit. And I remember feeling really cool about it. Um, yeah, that was my... Oh my gosh. I, I just had another memory like <laughs> that I've shoved in the depths of my brain come out. <laughs> this is like a therapy session. I remember... So my dad lived in LA okay. when I was a teen because he was doing his residency there. While my mom was working in the East Coast, um, she was doing she, she was working for a pharmaceutical company, mm. and so I would visit my dad. Like they weren't separated, but they were just working different places. Yeah. I'd visit my dad, and I remember being like, I don't remember how old I was, like 13, 14, around that age, visiting my dad, going to his apartment, um, and he had like bought my mom a bottle of. Estee Lauder Eternity. Ooh. But I would like spray it and I sniffed it and it was great. I'm like, the story's so effed up. And then one day he had to go to work and he left me at his apartment. He's like, I'll be back in like a few hours. You stay here. And I'm in the bathroom. I'm just like looking around and then I see this like trail of ants. <gasps> and then I'm like, oh my God. I don't know why I was so freaked out by it, but oh, I no. felt, I took the eternity oh, no. perfume and I sprayed it at the line of ants and to like stop them from, from coming at me in the bathroom. And then I kept spraying them because they kept coming back throughout the three hours that my dad was gone. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is so bad. And like my dad must have like saved up. He must have gone to the counter somewhere. Like he knows oh. jack shit about beauty. He's an anesthesiologist. He just MJ, he no. I know and and I come in and I just waste an his entire bottle. Not the entire like I'm gonna be real. Like it was like a lot. Like two fifths Stop of the it. bottle. I don't even know what two fifths mean. You've already done enough. Less than <laughs> you've done enough. <laughs> not here for math. It is I so <laughs> I felt so bad and then I don't even remember my dad reacting. I think Aww. he was just kind of like, oh. like, oh, God, you know, I'm just <laughs> not going to talk about it. But he was probably really upset. Think about it. Like, I would have been pissed. But, like, what can you, like, exactly. what can you do? Like, you just have to be like, use Raid next time or use your feet or use your hands <laughs> or, or, like, hot water like or use Windex. <laughs> like, there's a lot of other things to use. I could have used besides the Eternity perfume. You bottle. could have used the actual <laughs> bottle to like crush them, as opposed to spraying them. Gosh, I feel oh, so bad, girl. I'm gonna ask my dad about it. Well, tell me, uh, what did your mom teach you then about beauty? Because mm. I mean, you hadn't really learned much about fragrances by then. But what did she teach you overall about beauty? zilch zero so Same. as so my dad's an anesthesiologist my mom is a neuroscientist and she wow. works for pharmaceutical companies um and so she, and they come from china they grew up in communist china so obviously mm. zero beauty yeah um wasn't allowed yeah no i mean there was this one beauty product i remember my grandmother having it was like a tin jar like a shallow jar and then when you would open it, it'd be like um, almost like a really oily cold cream. I don't know how to describe it. Okay. And it was covered in flowers. But that was the only thing, only beauty product I remember from my childhood. My mom had none. She never wore makeup. She sometimes drew on her eyebrows badly. <laughs> but... <laughs> Aww. And then she got... 
them tattooed later on in yes. life, which which was, yeah, not bad. But she had no idea. She didn't teach me anything. I think she taught me not to worry about beauty and not to pay attention to it and that there were more important, you know, That's like, that, yeah, like it's their, their Asian parents. That's great. So... But what did your mom teach you? Quite similar to to yours in that my mom wasn't really like, this is how you wear eyeliner and this is how you do this. But she was wearing poison. So she My mom has, was into her fragrance. She, she was, was aware of like for sure. her shit. She was definitely like she has her things that she likes, but she was never like a, um, you know, I'm wearing makeup. I'm doing this. My mom is like maybe a few shades lighter than me in her complexion. So I would see her wearing like dark red lipstick and eyeliner and that was pretty much it. Mm. And, you know, so I didn't get a whole lot from my mom on like- What was the lipstick? uh, My mom used to get her lipstick from the body shop. Yeah, because like they, and my mom, so mind you, we grew up like vegan slash vegetarian. So my mom was like, we're not putting like, you know, chemicals in our mouth that we're going to eat. So she would get her stuff from the body shop because that was a bit more natural. Um, You know, she, that was kind of like her thing. And that was the only thing I really saw my mom doing was do her eyeliner and then put on her lipstick from the body shop. Um, so yeah, and I, you know, from her, she was always very much like, you just have to eat well and drink water and take supplements and your skin will be fine. And she would just be like, look at, look at my skin. I'm fine. And look at your grandmother. She's fine. And so it was good genetics. Yeah. So my mom was always just like, look, just eat well and, and drink water. And by eat well, my mom was always one of those people who, you know, you would avoid the middle aisle, the middle section of the grocery store, like anything that had bags and was crunchy. My mom was just like, nah. And your mom knew her shit. Yeah. And she was she, ahead of the you game. Know, we were shopping at Whole Foods before Whole Foods was like, I'm going to Whole Foods. Like mm. my mom, we were going to farmers markets as kids. So my mom was always like very like you know, granola lady-ish in the way that she like viewed beauty. So there wasn't a whole lot of like, let's go find foundation and let's go do this. But she did love, we were always putting on like lotion was key and perfume. So smelling good was always like number one. Um, And I, I think I'm okay with, with that. And that I didn't really get into like learning about foundation and learning about all that stuff until I really got into the industry where I like, I kind of did a crash course in it. But I think one thing my mom always did, and you mentioned your parents were like, you know, don't worry about beauty. There's other things. My mom always filled me with confidence, you know, being, you know, a going to predominantly white schools, my mom was always like, you're beautiful, period. You know, you're, you know, you're pretty, you have a gorgeous smile, you have a great face. Like that was always my mom's thing. So I think even when I looked like rough at times, I was always like, I always had a level of confidence in me Mm. because I could always just hear my mom in the back of my head, like, I'm so lucky to have such a beautiful daughter. And like, she, she was just so very like encompassing of like, like making me be confident and feel beautiful like when I was in a a world where a lot of people didn't look like me. So I think that's like, I guess what my mom taught me about beauty is just to, you have to really feel beautiful yourself. And then like, who, like, who gives a shit if you're wearing foundation or eyeliner? What's your mom's name? Lilia. Shout out to Lilia. Oh, that's so nice. 
<laughs> She's going to be in her house like, yes. We love moms. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, amazing. MJ, where did you grow up? Where? Okay. It's a bit of a song and dance. Basically, I was born in China, in Shanxi province, where my parents were going to medical school. Then from Shanxi province, we moved to the U.S. when I was five. Okay. We moved to, get this, Minnesota. Wow. <laughs> yes. Minnesota. Minnesota. Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we lived there for a couple of years. And then afterwards, we moved for a little bit to... I'm not sure if it was LA. No, it's outside of like Pasadena, like Pasadena, La Jolla, like that area for my dad's residency. And then my mom found a job. And then in the end, we moved to New Jersey, um, Westfield, where my mom was working. And then my dad later joined us. And then that's where I grew up, like kind of all over. And then I went to school in Boston or university. Harvard. No, I'm just kidding. Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> no, just a, a little school called Babson University. It's Babson. Babson yeah. University. It, it's rated for entrepreneurship, but I'm going to be honest, I don't remember learning anything in mm. university except for like <laughs> drinking and being a delinquent. Um, As you should. Yes. You should. Yeah. And then from there, I moved. To, so after I graduated uni or college, I moved to Beijing. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. And then I spent a couple years there and then that's where I met Toby and then we moved to Singapore and then that's how we got here. All right. Wow. You've like really kind of hopped around well, a bit. Well, so have you. Yeah. I was going to say quite similar timelines. So born in, I was born in Canada in Toronto. Shout out to the six. Um, and then uh, at five years old, I moved to Dade County, Miami, Florida. Oh. Yeah. So I feel like I have like an affinity to like Drake, but then I also have an affinity to like Trick Daddy and Trina because of (laughs) Florida and Dade County. Dade County is a vibe. It is. It's a vibe. I, I really like it down there. I loved my time as a little kid in Florida. Um, So, yeah, I lived in Florida for four years. And then at the age of would have been, what, like 10, I think, I moved to Arizona. And I pretty much grew up in, you know, the 602. And that was, that really formed a lot of uh, my... Where is the 602? 602 is in Phoenix. So, Phoenix, Arizona. Um, When I started going to like school there it was just it was so different cuz florida when i when i lived there was my school was so cultural i was going to school with black kids white kids asian kids cuban kids so it was just really like a, a melting pot for me and then when i moved to phoenix arizona phoenix is not it a is melting not. pot and at the time when we were moving to phoenix i remember pocahontas had come out and my mom was like and i was like what's arizona when she was telling us that we were moving and, and i was and she was like you know it's like there's a lot of native americans there and i was like like pocahontas and she was like yes and i was like girls i get to meet her i did not meet pocahontas um you know i met you know samantha and sarah and mm. like lots of lots of uh britney and britney lots of britney and Amanda's. Um, you know, it was a, gr- I think for my mom, grow, you know, being a single parent with two girls, because I have an older sister, as much as Arizona was hard for us to like, because we were just so fish out of water and it was, you know, Arizona 
has its complications. Um, you know, they were like the last state to celebrate Martin Luther King Day. It's mm. like they're it, like it's a tainted history. Um, for my mom, I think about it now, how easy, easier it would have been raising us there than in a place like Florida, where there's a lot more trouble you can get into. So I think now back on it, I'm sure my mom, you know, is like a bit thankful that we were raised there because it made raising two girls a bit easier and she could control us a bit more. So what did you guys do like after school and on the weekends? I was like a latchkey kid. So, you know, my mom worked full time. So, you know, I would do Boys and Girls Club. And then when I, like, outgrew that, you know, again, like, you called it out earlier. I was into, like, corn and Blink-182 and Papa Roach. So I was lighting shit on fire in my backyard. (laughs) I was, like, shoplifting (laughs) constantly. Oh, my god! I was just a little bored kid running around being like, what kind of shit am I going to get? I was was blading. (laughs) I was roller skating through the neighborhood. I was like, like, what's blading? I was rollerblading. But you meant rollerblading. Yeah, I was rollerblading (laughs) and lighting things on fire. Like, that was just my my fun. That was Those were the things that I I did. I love it. Listening to Blink-182, feeling like I had so many problems. So yeah, I, I, that's Oh my God, I, that's so true. I, yeah. You do feel like you have so many problems listening to like Taking Back Sunday, Blink-182, yeah. back in the day when we just had our Walkman and CDs. Exactly. And you just, you know, so I just funny. wanted to just, who hurt Alanis Morissette, you know? <laughs> Fuck that guy, you know? <laughs> so that was like where I was at. And then uh, I went to, uh, I went, I actually was supposed to go to Florida, a, a university in Florida. I got in and then I had applied for no scholarship. So when I got the letter, my mom was like, great, you got into a school. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, so what scholarship did you apply for? And I was like, none. And she was like, okay, great. So you're going to go to school in Phoenix. And so I ended up going to community college for two years. And then I went to ASU. Uh, where, oh, we, yeah. I went to I forgot. Sorry to cut you. Did you go to ASU? No. I I was going to say, how did we miss this? No, I went to community college for a semester Uh, because I quote unquote took a semester off. (laughs) To do nothing and hang out. Uh, Because I think it was because my grades were so bad after freshman year that I had to take a semester off. Oh my God, if my parents ever listen, they're going to be so mortified that I'm like telling people this. And then I went to community college. But then the thing is, you can get such good grades in community college and just like basically trick your GPA. For sure. It's great. It's a it's a great way to get in. And you're honestly taking the same classes that you would in yeah. university, except you have teachers that actually, for the most part, give a shit. And it's smaller classes and you do, you have a lower chance of getting lost mm. in, in the mix. So I did that. Um, and I still, you know, one of my best friends, she went to ASU for the for the whole time. So I would go party with her on the weekend. So I got like the college experience a bit. Um, I bet you did. I sure did. And <laughs> then uh, I met my husband um, my, what, like junior year of college. And our first date, he was like, I love Japan and I want to live there someday. And I was just like, that's cool. You're tall and cute. So I don't actually care. And I didn't pay any attention. He's very tall. I didn't pay any attention to what he was saying about the Japan piece. And then like a year into us dating, he was like, I have an interview in Tokyo. And I was just like, fuck. And so, then you followed him to Tokyo. Pretty much. I finished school. I needed to finish school still because I also did not do well. Um, and then once I finished uni, he like flew back from Japan to watch me graduate. And Wait, uh, I want to quickly say yeah. that you don't need to do well in uni. <laughs> no one gives a shit 
about your GPA. Nobody, nobody cares. But you need to find like what you want to do. I just yeah. wanted to call that out. But For please. sure. That's absolutely right. You definitely don't need to do well. You just need to finish. You need to get your degree. I and think no one asks for your GPA nobody ever. Asks, unless like when I interview people now and they're like, I graduated with a da 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 da. I'm like, that's super awesome. Good for you. That won't matter here. <laughs> um, so I moved to Japan in 2012. And then uh, a year and a half later, we moved to Singapore. And here I am. It is very similar timeline. It's super similar. Wow. Yeah, we're like kindred. We're sisters. We are. <laughs> um, which then... We, we kind of, well, no, we, so you have you, this what question on here. I'm <gasps> feeling like you have something more interesting than me. Celebrity childhood crush. Okay. Yes. Who's yours? It's so it's a couple of people. I kind of give, Ooh. so I try to remember like, what's my earliest memory of a childhood crush. And I think in our generation, we watched too many Disney movies. Okay. And that like really effed us up. Is yours Aladdin? Oh my gosh. My, yes. Okay. <laughs> Aladdin and Prince Eric. Yes. Yes. And I would like, I remember being like six or seven years old and I was having this amazing dream of like being on a boat and oh, I was with Prince Eric. You guys having sexy time? No, I was six. It sounds like you no. guys, I don't, I don't know. No, don't be gross. And then my dad wakes me up from oh, this God. dream and I was so mad. I, I remember <gasps> yeah. this so clearly and I was like, dad, why did you wake me up? I was on a boat with Prince Eric. I was so upset I would have been like, and I never forgiven my dad for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I think it's the best thing that happened. Yeah. So those were like my, I guess my first crushes like that I can remember because we didn't really watch too much TV at that time. Mm -hmm. Like, and then the other crushes would have to be musicians. Okay. Who are? And I'm so embarrassed to say, but there were two musicians or one band and one musician. The band was Simple Plan oh and I was very obsessed with them. And then the musician that I was also obsessed with was Nick Lachey and his <gasps> brother. So I, I love 98 Degrees. Everyone was like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. But you were 98 Degrees, girl. I was 98 Degrees. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wished I was Jessica Simpson. I bet you did. You were probably all kinds of jealous of that. Um, <laughs> okay, now tell me yours. Mine is so much, it's like a lot less cooler than that. I had a huge crush on Will, Will Smith. I thought he was Fair. so fine. I had like a poster of him but in my which, wall. Which Will Smith? All of them. I preferred Independence Day Will Smith to MIB okay. Will Smith. Uh, Wild Wild West Will Smith, we don't talk about because <laughs> yikes. But it was really all like, it was like Bad Boys Will Smith. Like Fresh Independence Prince? Day, Fresh Prince, also into that. But yeah, that, that was my, like, I just thought he was so fine. I also thought Chris Tucker was so fine. Oh, yeah. Um, I had a huge crush on him. He was great in, in what's the he, movie He was called? in Rush Hour. He yes. was in Friday. He was in, like, Money Talks. He was in a lot of movies that I was really, really, like, obsessed with. And then, like, probably one of, like, my weirder crushes would have been Fred Durst because I— I knew it. I, I had a big crush. I loved Limp Biscuit, and they were like, I, w I went for Halloween as a rolling girl from, you remember that song? Keep rolling, 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 Yes, what? I'd like to forget it, but I yes. won't forget it because that song <laughs> is a hard bop. 
<laughs> and I went, I got like a, a Yankees hat and the khaki pants and the white shirt. And I went out like that as, on Halloween. You can't see me, but I'm shaking my head. I, that was, that was, <laughs> that, that was when I did this. So that's, this is also when you were lighting shit on fire. Also when I was lighting backyard. shit on fire, for sure. Like just were, being a Were you one of those who like, who would drink soda bottles and you would like pop the top rubber bit off the the top no. of the soda bottle and then you would like stretch it to make it into a bracelet oh no i wasn't doing that no okay just checking. no not not that's that good. deep not that deep that's good um so i mean we kind of already covered it but you know our move to asia i think it sounds like we both moved in 2012 2012 that's so interesting i didn't actually know that that that's when we both made the jump that's it's so hard to remember for me but no, that's when I moved to Singapore. I, I moved to Beijing okay. in 2010. And then you met the Tobesters. Yeah, the Tobesters, and then we moved to Singapore. Okay. So when you made that move to Asia, how did you get into beauty? Well, it was kind of by accident. Because mm. I, I was making a career jump when I was moving from Beijing to Singapore. So in Beijing, I was... I mean, I was just in involved in lots of fuckery, to be honest, <laughs> but I did have a job. I had two jobs. My first job there was working for like a CGI company. Ooh. It was a company that did the CGI for the London Olympics. Oh, okay. And then they were doing the CGI for the Beijing Olympics. Um, no, first Beijing and then London. And so I was there and they would just have me hang around with the clients that flew in from London, take them out to like lunches, you know, like That's ferry cool them job. around. Basically, it was pretty, pretty lush. And then the second job, I was working for an events company doing PR and events for luxury brands. So that was kind of like my foray into like brand work. Mm. And we would just pull off, you know, parties and events for like Tiffany's. Uh, we did oh. Fila, you know, Cartier, Hermes. Because back then, or I still think to this day, they have these huge events in China. Mm. Um, so that was fun. But it was a lot of late nights and hard work. And when I came to Singapore, I decided to become a designer. Okay. So it's more of like a project manager in the events company. And then in Singapore, I wanted to do purely graphic design. And I got an internship at a small local studio. And then from there, I jumped to a beauty packaging agency. And I was in that agency doing packaging for SK2. We were doing stuff for... Um, uh, Pantene, okay. um, Head and Shoulders, PNG like, then. Yeah, a lot of PNG. Okay. Some of Cody. We did some fragrance as well. Um, I remember doing options for the Christina Aguilera fragrance. And I was like, mm. this shit ain't gonna sell well. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this shit's gonna take. <laughs> but it was fun. Yes, yeah, so it was like PNG kind of Cody packaging, and then from there I jumped to Luxola and. Can I say it? Yeah, I mean Sephora. <laughs> I feel like we're like we we tried to avoid talking about about where we actually work, but yeah. Um, so, okay, so interesting. It, it does sound like it kind of happened by accident for you. Then. Yes, was it accident for you? Um, a little, not really, like, but a little bit. Um, so I moved to Asia in 2012. I moved with the 
like the dream that I would get into merchandising. Um, I was working in hospitality when I was in Arizona. I worked for Starwood for like three years, mm. loved working for them. And I remember writing all of my thank you cards to everybody when I was leaving. And I remember writing to two people putting, um, you know, I've had so much fun working with you, but I'm really excited about moving to Japan and having a career in merchandising. And I wrote that on two. And then when I was writing it on my third, I was like, gosh, Shada, you're such a fucking idiot. Don't put that because you're not going to work in merchandising. You're, you're manifesting. You're I basically told myself I was lying and I was like, don't write that. Stop writing it. And I sent that to two people. Um, and I got to Japan and had to learn very, very quickly. Uh, you do not tell people when you're interviewing that you are, you've just moved to a country to be with your boyfriend because they will not take you seriously and yeah. think that you are going to be there for 10 seconds. Um, so I interviewed <laughs> a lot and I got rejected a lot. Um, and I was trying, I basically didn't want to teach English. So I was interviewing to be a headhunter mm. and I figured I can like maybe be a headhunter for like fashion brands. Cause I just, I wanted just to, to be a part of it. Um, and by chance I had a girlfriend who was working at Guild. Um, and then I had another friend who his girlfriend was working at Guild, uh, Guild Group, which was like the really big yes. uh, flash sale e-com company. They were huge and like based out of New York. They opened up an office in Japan. Um, and I was able to get an interview, uh, with, uh, the head of merchandising. Her name is Joanna Dubin and she was probably one of the coolest women I've ever, like, really? I thought she was just so cool. And I remember, you know, she, she basically, I gave her my resume and she was like, yeah, we'll give you a shot. Why not? And I was just like, oh my God. And I just remember every single day that I worked at Guild feeling like, I have like, I've, I've made it and this is it. And like, I, I, I couldn't believe that I was like breathing I'm the same air. sex in the city. That's how I felt. Like after my first day, I was just running through the streets of Japan and Ginza like, yes, I'm here, <laughs> And I just remember every morning watching jo um, Joanna walk in and being like, oh, she's here. Like I was just, I was so obsessed with her. Um, she would wear like beautiful, like Chanel booties to work and shit. Like she was just so like put together. And uh, a almost a year into me working there, uh, Jeff came to me and he's like, I got a job in Singapore. And I was just like, fuck. God um, damn it, Jeff. Always ruining the party. <laughs> he was ruining my fashion party. Um, so I bounced around in Singapore to a few different e-com companies uh, doing fashion. And then I landed... Oddly enough, at Rakuten, which is in Singapore. What's uh, Rakuten? Rakuten is pretty much like the Amazon of Japan. Right. They're huge. Logistics. <laughs> yeah. Like they do pretty much, they're like a marketplace. Mm. So they sell everything there in Japan, but they wanted to open up an office in Singapore. Um, and because it was all marketplace, they wanted to create uh, a B2C for Rakuten only. So basically Rakuten brands. So they were like, we want you to be a shop manager, just create a bunch of Rakuten brands and just make money. So I- Wait, a shop manager creates Rakuten brands. So basically you have like people who are selling all kinds of marketplace stuff. So whatever, you, like people sign up to sell on Rakuten, right? As a marketplace. Rakuten then said, we want to have our own shops that are Rakuten shops. So like- I basically opened up a, a store, a shop called Family by Rakuten Direct or mm. Family Space by Rakuten Direct, Beauty by Rakuten Direct, Tech by Rakuten Direct. Right. So I opened up, so I was running around Singapore meeting with uh, tech companies, meeting with P&G because I was selling Pampers and like Tide. I was selling, and then I was working with L'Oreal and like these random like Kose, like Japanese brands. So I was kind of learning a lot of everything with that, which was really, really great. And my boss was just, his name was Okasan. 
And he was just like, go. And I was just like, <laughs> I basically was just doing my own thing. And he, uh, he, then I, you know, with working through P&G or working closely with P&G, I was like learning a bit more about beauty from them as well as L'Oreal. And through some of the connects that I'd made in other uh, startups that I'd worked with before, you know, I had somebody come to me and say, hey, I have a team at this company called Luxola. I'm losing one of my uh, category managers. Do you want to come and work there? And I was like, sure. Like I'm the beauty stuff is a bit more interesting than, you know, the tech and the, the diapers that I'm selling. So mm-hmm. why not? And yeah, so I started working for Luxola. As, and the rest is history. Yeah, and the rest is history. And, you know, now, you know, Luxola was acquired by uh, Sephora in 2015. Did you know that after, the day after I signed my contract, yeah. the day after, like I went through the interviews, I got the offer. The day after I signed the contract, it was public that <gasps> Sephora acquired Luxola. And I was like, this was so easy. I was like, <laughs> I'm at my dream company. I was so oh, happy. That's great. I mean, I was there a bit a while before. You um, were, yeah. So I, yeah, it was very much like it, everybody was quite shocked. And it was just kind of this long period, and it's still, it, not not it still is, but for a long time, it was just like, let's see where this goes. Because, mm. you know, when you get acquired by a giant, you know, things happen. Um, but yeah, you know, I think I'm better for it. And it's been an amazing Definitely. experience. And, you know, you and I, we know each other. And yeah, I think that's all that matters at this point. And so we've gotten to our last question. Yeah. Why are we making this podcast, Jade? You know, essentially... We both didn't grow up as like beauty junkies, but we became beauty junkies as adults, which is better because then we have the money to buy the shit we want. And Mm -hmm. we both just love beauty and love talking about beauty. And we have, I think, an interesting perspective being, you know, Asian and black and in this industry. And, and you're in like the more business yeah. part of the... I am. You can, I'm not, we're, we're not going to get into that. If you're that right. like pressed to find out exactly what I do, I'm on LinkedIn. Yes. Okay, but we're, and we're, like, <laughs> I'm coming from more of the creative <gasps> exactly. side. Yeah. So yeah, if we're on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> if you're, if you really are like, what do they do? <laughs> you can find us there. You okay. can find it there. Great. Things we're obsessed with. We're going to talk about a special version of our obsessions. Yes. It's going to be Desert Island Edition. What's the one product you would take on a deserted... Is it Desert Island or Deserted Island? I, I think it's deserted. Like, it's just you. But Right. But, but on the this island, island, there's sand, so it's a desert. Girl, I don't know. Okay. Deserted, what, what's the island? one product you would the take? The one product I would take. I have food, water, and shelter. Yes? Yeah. Okay. So, and I have my husband, yes? No. Oh. <laughs> Stop being so codependent. <laughs> I know. I am codependent. You're by yourself. Uh, I'm by myself. Okay. So I would bring, they don't make it anymore, but I would bring the Fresh Sugar Sport Treatment Sunscreen. It's SPF 30. It's like this orange stick and it basically, you can like glide it on for your SPF and you can put it on your lips. Oh, I remember this. It's it's really cute looking. It's super cute looking. That would be the thing I would bring with me on a desert island. Okay. That's okay. It. All right. Mine would be basically a brow pen because I don't feel human without my eyebrows <laughs> penciled in. Or I guess I could have just got my brows tattooed before going on this deserted yeah, island. Just do that. And then what? So then what are you bringing then? 
Um, in that case, I would bring the Calgon Hawaiian oh. Ginger Body Mist. Your four dollar and thirty two cent. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're going after this. Is that where you're going to go on walmart.com and, and pick Correct. that up? Correct. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this incredible episode of What's On Your Face. If you are wanting to get more from us, you can find us on Instagram at what's on your face underscore. We're also on TikTok at what's on your face underscore and also on Twitter at what's on your face. You can also find our podcast on Apple and Spotify. Thank you. Bye guys. Bye guys. Bye guys.